Growing up, Good Friday for me wasn't really a big deal. In my home church, we didn't have a Good Friday service. I grew up in Loganville, and we didn't have a Good Friday service. We made a really, really big deal about Easter Sunday, and, and it was very valid, and it was, our church, it wasn't wrong that we did not have a Good Friday service, but for us, we just didn't have one. And as I started in the ministry, I attended a church, and I was serving at a church, had the honor, and we had a Good Friday service, and my eyes were opened about the reality of getting together as a body of believers to be reminded of Good Friday and, and what it's about. You know, growing up, and, and a lot of us, we, we hear this, this term, Good Friday, and thousands of pastors across our country across the world are going to start their talk out, start their sermon out on, with the same sentence. What's so good about Friday? And I think that's a valid, valid thing. Because when we think about it, the oxymoronic nature of the day and what happened on this day 2,000 years ago, our Savior suffered the hardest day of his life. We think about the promised Messiah that was born of a virgin, perfect in character and action, betrayed, falsely accused, and led unjustly to the cross to die a criminal's death. And that's Good Friday. And on his heart, the whole time, was you and I. On his mind, the whole time, was you and I. Think about Think about what happened this week. He was led in. This past Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday. He was led in to Jerusalem. And this crowd was beside him shouting, Hosanna, our Savior has come. He teaches on the Mount of Olives. He cleanses this temple for the second time. Jesus has dinner with his disciples. He's arrested, tried, and led to the cross to take on the punishment that he didn't deserve. And again, with one motivating factor on his heart, you and I. And so this Good Friday, on this day we remember the cross. On other days of the year we should have the same remembrance, but today we remember the cross and we are led to the cross, but I want to pose a question to you this evening. What happens when you don't want to be led to the cross? What happens when you absolutely do not want to be led to the cross? Because I think there's some reasons why we, in our hearts, just don't want to be led to the cross sometimes. When I think about the scripture, I, I remember what Paul says in Romans chapter 5. He says, you see... At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You need to understand a few things about this, what Paul wants us to grasp. You see, the timing was perfect. 
It was right on God's timetable. It did not take God by surprise when Jesus was betrayed and he was beaten and he went to the cross. None of that took him by surprise. It was right on time. Paul uses three words to describe who Christ died for. The powerless, the ungodly, and sinners. Paul even goes so far to say that good men stand on a higher plane than righteous men. There's a lot of meat in these three verses. But he shows us something he repeats four times, and we'll get to this in a second. But he repeats something four times because he wants us to understand We need to be led to the cross, but what happens, remember, when we don't want to be led to the cross, because when we're led to the cross, I think the first thing out of the gate, when we're led to the cross, it brings confusion. Like, why would Jesus, who never sinned, be subject to be beaten beyond recognition, nailed to a criminal's cross for crimes that he did not commit? We don't understand. It brings confusion, but it doesn't only bring confusion. It brings conviction. Because when Paul says the powerless, the ungodly, the sinners, that's you and I. We don't understand it, and we think, man, he died for us. He he goes, we're not worthy. And in fact, it's us. It's you who should have been on the cross. Think about this, very simple. I'm a very simplistic kind of guy. Being a youth pastor, you kind of got to be that way. And uh, just think, think about it. Did anybody sin today? All right, if you didn't raise your hand, you sinned because you lied. So we we got a few in this room. We got some sinners in the room. Okay. Let's think, if you sin, just, just let's think about this. If you sin three times today, like three times, you average three sins a day, which we all know we sin more than that. Three times a day, there's 365 days in a year. That means that you sin 1,095 times a year. That's a lot. But then the average lifespan of a person is 79 years. That means that you sin, if you sin three times a day, 86,505 times in your lifespan. Okay? We know that there's 7 billion people on the planet right now. That means that right now, if everyone sinned just three times, that's 605 trillion sins that are occurring. And if we were to... Think about what scientists say, and they estimate that there's been 108 billion people on the planet. Let's just say all of us, all of them, sin just three times. I mean, 9.3 quadrillion sins on Jesus' shoulders on the cross. It brings conviction, it brings confusion why our Savior went to the cross. But you know what? It brings celebration. Because if you were the only one on this planet and you messed up one time, Jesus still would have went to the cross for you. The cross brings celebration. And we need to understand 
that, that when Paul is telling us, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you catch it? Did you see what he said four times? He said, died for And we see this in the English, and we see, man, that's really good that Christ died for us. We we get it. But you need to break it down to the Greek, and you need to understand what that died for really means. It means on the behalf of. Christ went to the cross on your behalf. That's reason enough to celebrate And when we're led to the cross in moments like these, we have no other other means but to praise God for what He allowed His Son to do for us. And so tonight as we worship Him, let us be in a constant reminder that yes, the cross brings confusion. Yes, the cross brings conviction, but also Ultimately, the cross brings celebration.